You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Quite a program in the first two hours. Tom Brady officially announced his retirement. By the way, seven years ago tonight, Malcolm Butler had the interception against the Seahawks, and Tom won the Super Bowl. But uh, announcing officially that he is going to step down at the age of 44, and whatever the next chapter is in his life, now Tampa Bay has to move on. What do you do at quarterback? Uh, Bruce Arian says he's coming back. But uh, Tom Brady officially made it official, and Adam Schefter somewhere is breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is flirting with the Vikings. More on that coming up. It's uh, college football signing day. Boy, that's nice. Or tomorrow. So uh, Harbaugh will be in Minnesota reportedly tomorrow, and it's national signing day tomorrow. Dolphins, Jags, Saints, Texans, Vikings right now are coachless. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We uh, checked in with Seton. He took a pie to the face, and it was a... Was it a skyline uh, pie to the face, or was that Gold Star? Oh, we're checking. The I-team's on it. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, but it was definitely chili and cheese. Chili and cheese. And now he's got to get into the Sprinter van, and uh, they head to Nashville, and then they go to Memphis. Hopefully they're in Memphis tonight. Some good eating along the way, that's for sure. All right, uh, poll question for the final hour, Todd. Okay, we got a fun one. If you ran into Seton on his cross-country trip, you'd hit him with a pie or bake him a pie. Right now, 53% rather hit him with a pie. 47 would bake him one. Who wrote that? That would be me. I thought that would be kind of a fun, especially right after uh, he just got hit with a pie. That would be a fun, silly final hour poll. Okay. I'm going to let it go. You don't like that one? It's okay. That would be appropriate and timely and silly. Well, I don't want to encourage people to go up and hit Seton with an object here. I don't think anybody's going to bake him a pie. Now you're encouraging these people all I don't know if it's way. encouraging. It was worded, if you happen to run into Seton on his cross-country trip, would you rather? <laughs> Not which one are you going to do when, once you recognize him? Don't miss every medal, every moment <laughs> of the Winter Olympics beginning February 3rd, NBC and Peacock. Say good morning to our radio affiliates, Fox Sports Radio, and numbering nearly 400 cities. Um, also, you can watch on Peacock. You can download the app and watch for free. So we spent a little bit of time trying to figure out what's going on with Jim Harbaugh. Tom Pelissero, the NFL Network, he broke the news that Harbaugh is going to fly into Minnesota. Like now it gets real. You know, it's one thing if, hey, I'm hearing maybe he's reaching out to the Raiders or vice versa. And now you have him going to Minnesota. Now this changes things or it feels a little bit more real. But uh I'm, don't take my word. Take Sam Webb's uh, word for it. He's the publisher of the MichiganInsider.com on 24-7 Sports, morning show host of Sports Talk, 1050, The Ticket. Sam joins us now. Sam, uh, thanks for joining us on short notice. So <laughs> Jim, Jim Harbaugh going to Minnesota means what to you? It means that he's serious about this job. Uh, you know, you're right, Dan, that this is different than past sort of, I think, media-driven media driven storylines. I, I don't think that Jim Harbaugh really pursued this in years past, but make no mistake, he is going after this job. It, he could have silenced this quickly. He didn't. I think there's a message in that. And that this is so public that he is going to Minnesota at a time where he is trying to hire a defensive coordinator, 
Uh, I know a lot of people are making a big deal out about, about him traveling there on National Signing Day. They aren't signing any prospects uh, coming up on Wednesday, but it is transfer portal time. There are things that you're doing to prepare for spring ball, to prepare roster management, right? His focus is on Minnesota. He is going there to get this job that makes this different. And everyone that I talk to, whether they be around Ann Arbor, agents in the NFL that I talk to, they all expect that if the Minnesota Vikings offer Jim Harbaugh this job, he will take it. I thought Michigan was his dream job. He did, <laughs> like what, 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 is, what has transpired here in the last uh, 12 months? Yeah, man, it's, it's funny. I, I get that question a lot. And look, I'm, I can only try to get in Jim Harbaugh's head so much. I don't know him as well as his family or his friends that have been around him his, his entire life. But I've, I've gotten to know him as, as well as a media member could get to know him over the past seven years. And what I could say is when he came to town, it was like he was the Prince of Zamunda. They were throwing the rose petals at his feet, right? And you get six years into the process, you have real adversity, and you have, you have the people who anointed you from day one sort of turning on you. And it sort of reminds you that while you came home and this is your place, this is a job and support can erode here like it erodes anywhere. So being on the precipice of losing your job has a way of sort of reminding you or giving you that perspective. I think it's that. I think that realizing that there might be another opportunity that's better for him personally, uh, there might be a, a situation that's better for his family uh, the window will never be wider than it is now. He's coming off his his biggest success at Michigan. There are a, a slew of teams or were a slew of teams that he had connections to. The iron is never going to be hotter than it is now. He's 58 now. It only gets harder to get an NFL job after this. So I think the convergence of all of those things makes this an ideal time. And while I think he's loyal to Michigan, he loves Michigan, I think probably in his mind he he will say, I got him back. I got him back to being in the picture in the national title hunt. I left it better than I found it. Now I can do something that might be better for me personally, might be better for my family. I think that's how he's probably looking at it. But the irony of this is, Sam, he beat Ohio State, and because he beat Ohio State, he became a little bit more of a hot candidate. If he loses to Ohio State, then it's all uh, same old story. He beats Ohio State. And that might be the reason why he's back, you know, on the front yeah. burner. It, it, it is ironic. It, it's ironic in that, you, you know, his name was out there last year like it had never been before. And there were no real takers. But again, I, I think also, it's also the case that in this cycle, you just mentioned he's, he's this hot name. I, I think it's all relative. I think it's hot relative to what he was last year when there were no takers. Now, I mean, how many jobs did you have open? Eight? And while Jim Harbaugh's name was attached to a bunch of these jobs in the media, you talk to NFL people and his name wasn't like really yeah. in the mix for all these jobs. Why is this? People keep asking, why is he dragging this out so long? You take it out as long as it takes for a team to show real interest, right? So this is the team showing real interest. It happens to be in the 23rd hour. It's related to Kwesi uh, Adolfo Mensa getting that job, a guy that he worked with in San Francisco. So this, I think, even more so, even as much as beating Ohio State puts you on the radar, 
it's also, I think, really revealing that it took this. It took to this point in this cycle for him to get a real taker. I think that's another reason why if you're him, man, you better jump on this train while it's here. Is Jim Harbaugh coaching Minnesota or Michigan next season? I, I think that's all about what Minnesota wants to do. If Minnesota offers him that job, I, it, I really believe he will take it. Okay. Uh, I think it, it's, a, it's a prime opportunity. I think he's confident in where he left it. I think he probably sees a successor on his staff. He probably will, will speak up for one of them, I imagine, before he goes. So I think he's feeling pretty good about Michigan State and about Michigan's state. And then I think it, with that, it gives him comfort in moving on to the next thing for him. So if, because this is what I can't quantify, I don't know if they're going to offer him the job. It seems like it's leaning that way. People I talk to say that he's Quesi Adolfo Menza's number one target. If that's the case and he knocks this interview out of the park and they offer him the job, he will take it. Good stuff, Sam. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks a lot, Dan. Appreciate it. That's Sam Webb, publisher of the MichiganInsider.com, 24-7 sports and morning show host of Sports Talk 1050, The Ticket. Man, the NFL just keeps on giving. And if offered the job, does Jim take it? This is what I still don't understand about the Dolphins' Stephen Ross. If you say, I don't want to poach him from Michigan, but then Minnesota's going to poach him from Michigan. If you want him... Now you should be saying, hey, Jim, if you're going to leave, then you can be my head coach with the Dolphins. Because I thought that all along, when you fired Flores, that you were hiring Jim Harbaugh. And you're going to let him go to the Minnesota Vikings? I'm surprised. If that's the case, yeah, Paul. And here's the other side of it. If Jim Harbaugh is using all this to play Michigan to get a pay raise, Stephen Ross would be involved in that. He's one of the biggest boosters for University of Michigan sports. Yeah. He's covering both sides of it, Stephen Ross. All right, a couple of phone calls. Phil in Indiana. Hi, Phil. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan, always a pleasure. Hey, real quick, uh, when you decide if and when you ever decide to retire, please, for the love of God, don't uh, tell Adam Schefter. Pick somebody else, Dan. <laughs> maybe maybe Jeremy Schaap or somebody, I don't know. But, hey, Dan, real quick, so do you think the, the blueprint now that uh, to stop Mahomes is what Cincinnati did? So they, they rush three, drop seven, have a spy? I I thought that was an incredible game plan, extremely effective. I'm just wondering how many teams look at that and try and duplicate that next year. Have a great week, Dan. Thank you, Phil. Always great to hear from you. I don't know about that. We always talk about blueprints. Remember the blueprint for beating the Chiefs was keep everything in front of you. Don't let Hill, uh, don't let Kelsey beat you. Nothing over the top there. Keep it all in front of you. And Mahomes had a hard time adjusting to that, eventually did this year. And now you have this where you have three rushing and then you have a spy on Mahomes and then you have seven in the secondary. Um, I, 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 thought, I thought it was a desperate move by the Bengals, but they, they couldn't solve him. They, they had you know obviously a hard time in the first quarter. Here was Mike. I just kept thinking, okay, at what point does Andy Reid, offensive genius, start running the ball? That's all. You got Jarrett McKinnon, who I really like. Clyde Edwards, you drafted. Uh, Mahomes can scramble. I, I would have put the pressure there and just said, we're going to take up all the time on the clock. You're not going to get any time. We're going to have methodical drives, and uh, you eventually are going to bring those defensive backs up, and I'm going to beat you. I just didn't understand it. I, th I thought it was, it was one of those where you're watching a game and you're going, okay, 
the Bengals countered, okay? Their defense in the beginning didn't work. Now what do we do? We're going to go with this kind of gimmicky defense. And I kept waiting for the Chiefs to go, oh, okay, we see that and we'll raise you. And then they didn't. And I just thought, you can run the ball. You can run the ball all day long if you want to. You can have screen passes. Whatever it is, I, you can incorporate Tyreek Hill and those jet sweeps. Whatever those things are. But I just didn't, I didn't understand it. Looking back on it and watching, I mean, it was a brilliant decision. But it might have been the only decision the Bengals had in that situation. Zach in Charlotte joins us on the program. Hey, Zach. Hey, bud. Yep. Hey, how about that guy, Nick Wright, man? That dude freaking stinks, man. I'm out on him. He's great. I didn't like the way he was, he was kind of going after you there. Oh, um, no. Anyways. Um, he's a good guy. Hey, want to speak with uh, Fritzy, if you don't mind. Fritzy, oh. are you there? Yeah. I sure am. Hey, Fritzy, I know it's been a rough couple of weeks since uh, McLovin left, but I want to cheer you up, and I've got a joke to do that. So are you ready? I sure am. Let's do it. <clears throat> 79 is the new 78. That's, That's Mark Marv Albert. That's Marv Albert. There you go. Fritzy, keep your head up, man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. That's all I got. I'll hang up and listen. Seven, 79 is the new 78, and then you laughed at that. <laughs> oh, my mic? Yeah. My mic? Sorry, my mic's on. <laughs> but that was a good line, though. My, my mic's still on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Marvin can pull that up, sitting in there for Seton, <laughs> but... Uh, Classic moment in uh, sports radio history. Yeah, one of the greats of all time. Uh, let me uh, sneak in Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. Let me know when you find that, Marv. Do you got it? Okay, here it is. The 79 is the new 78. You realize. <laughs> <laughs> Todd. So, uh, oh, I have my mic. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be watching it. I hope it gets off. I think that... That sounds like we scripted it. And And Marv has no idea that... Todd is on his, you know, his microphone is True open. professionally, just kept going as if no one's talking in the background. My, Twice. Uh, play it one more time. The 79 is the new 78. You realize <laughs> <laughs> Todd. Like, so, uh, oh, I'll, be, I'll be watching it. I hope it gets off. I think that... So bad. Yes. There's just no explanation. Yes, for that. it was. It was horrible. I had been kind of doing this for a while, you know, being on the air, and you would think I would have got the button. Well, the out. Bill Hader one, when you were laughing out loud, Ugh. when when Bill Hader did his Keith Morrison from Dateline impersonation. <laughs> yeah. Like you left your microphone open during the interview. Uh, Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, Dan? What up, though? One time for chat row. You got Sam Webb is right on something. They slighted him when they took away his salary, and I guess it made Jim Harbaugh think that, you know, by them reducing the salary, he wasn't doing a good enough job. Now he's, you know, a hot commodity around town. Uh, real quick, um, there's been a national joke going around about my city. And the joke is by Matt Stafford going to the Super Bowl and Eminem playing the Super Bowl, that's the closest that Detroit will ever be to a Super Bowl. They're wrong. Jerome Bettis winning the Super Bowl was the closest when the actual Super Bowl was here. So just to let them know, if you're going to dog me out, make sure you got the right collar and leash for me. Wow. You know what I mean? All right. Thank you, Jeff. Let's take a break. Bill Plaschke, the popular columnist for the L.A. Times. Get his thoughts on uh, the Rams. The Rams are the road team in this Super Bowl. 
Really? Yeah. The, the designation? Yeah, the NFC team was going to be the road team in the ah. Super Bowl, so the Rams are the road team against the Bengals. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. Back after this. Oh, M Drive. I think Seaton's stopping through Arizona to visit the M Drive folks. I think uh, he's going to do a drive-by and say hello to them. All the great, great things. Uh, lose weight, more energy, increasing lean muscle when it comes to health and fitness. We all have different goals. Habits that start as small as changes to your daily routine, like eating right, regular exercise, taking M Drive, the daily supplement for driven guys packed with clinically tested ingredients. It supports healthy testosterone levels and boosts energy so you can compete all year long, no matter what your age is. MDriveDan.com. Delivered right to your door. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Or you can also find MDrive at Walgreens, Rite Aid, and Vitamin Shop. You need healthy habits to stay in the game, achieving your goals. MDrive is one habit that will give you T-support, energy, strength, stamina to fuel your performance every single day. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com and tell them we sent you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. More phone calls coming up. Fritzy has a new poll question. Is that what we're going with in the final 40 minutes of the show? Why not? Who's the best available head coaching candidate? Eric Bieniemy, 39%. Jim Harbaugh, 22%. Brian Flores, 17%. Other, 13%. And then it's Leftwich, Zimmer, and Kellen Moore under that. All right. I, I'm still waiting to see if Byron Leftwich is going to get this Jacksonville job because it felt like it was inevitable last week. But... Uh... And then Harbaugh going to the Vikings tomorrow to talk to them. Bill Plaschke, the great columnist for the L.A. Times, around the horn contributor, and uh, he joins us now. Bill, well, what will you miss most about Tom Brady? Um, I miss the fact that you hated him. He's the one athlete in American culture where you – I hated him for 10 or 15 years, and, that, and now I love him. I mean, he's. I miss the fact that you – the conflicting emotions around this guy are no athletes ever been so reviled and then so, and then come through it and then been so loved. I mean, it's, it's amazing the journey he's taken in our, in our conscious. What, what made you hate Brady? He cheated. Let's don't forget. (laughs) Let's don't forget this. He was arrogant. He was part of the Belichick arrogant era. People knew anybody, come on, Dan, anybody outside New England for years, load Brady and then he goes to Tampa Bay and he does it without Belichick and he does it on his own and he does it on his own terms and now everybody loves him and I think that's cool but do you think that cheater label how big is that label is it in capital letters here no I think I think it got I think it became over he won three Super Bowls after that so I think I think that became lowercase but it's still part of his resume right I'm amazed that some of these stories about his retirement don't have that in there. I mean, that's part of his legacy for Pete's sake. But again, he, he did, he was able to overcome. And that's, that, that's what I remember is that he was able to overcome all, a whole country, most of the country outside of New England, really not liking the guy to everybody loving him and respecting him. What was that feeling like when uh, the Rams winning to advance, but putting maybe uh, an end to Tom Brady's career? And Yeah, I was there. It was amazing. It was, it was amazing to me. I didn't think that, no way he's going to retire. The last he threw a 55-yard touchdown pass to Mike Evans. We're watching the game and like this guy's unstoppable. He's going to come back and beat the Rams. 
He's a great. He's still the greatest ever, and he, and he walks away. So it was. It was watching the game. I thought this guy's got five more years left in him. I mean, he was every bit as good as he's ever been. The whole press box was hushed watching this guy work. We wouldn't think we we're watching a guy on the verge of retirement. Absolutely. That, and that's the other cool thing, right? He walked away at the very, very top of his game. He's as good. He was as good on when I saw him in that final game. He's as good as that as when I saw him in his first game. Um, what would have happened if the Rams had lost that game? <laughs> the same thing that's going to happen if they lose the Super Bowl, Dan. <laughs> They're not done yet, buddy. It was interesting. You said you sounded surprised that the Bengals were the the Rams were the visiting team in the Super Bowl. They're the visiting team every game. Every game. <laughs> every game. They don't yet have this town, but they're working on it. And it will be if they lost that game, it'll be devastation. But it'll be similar devastation. They've got to beat the Bengals. They have to in order to ensure their place and try to get on the pecking order with Lakers and Dodgers and USC football. They have to win this game. I mean, this game's set up for them. If they can't win in their home, yes, I, I was just talking with with others about it. It'll be, it's not going to be well. They got this far, good for them, you know, well tried, well hail and hearty guys. No, it'll be devastation. You blew it. You're going to get ripped because they've got it. Because that's where they're at in this town. They have to win a Super Bowl, a championship, to really forge their place in this community's landscape. If I said you could pick the Rams to win the Super Bowl or the Lakers to win another NBA title, oh, I think I'd pick the Rams because it's I like more teams and more fun and more variety. And I'm getting so sick of the Lakers. LeBron's knee, oh my God, the Lakers are just Anthony Davis makes me, oh my God. So yes, I, I think people, I think people would would rather it be something different something new. I mean, would they have a parade? Would anybody come? I'm sure there, there would be people <laughs> parade. There'd be a lot of 49ers fans booing there. <laughs> but, what do you, um, what do you think the town's going to be like though? Uh, next week? It's going to be crazy because the Super Bowl is never about who's playing in the game anyway. I mean, Shaq's got this big Shaq rented out the Shriner auditorium downtown. He's got this big party. I mean, it's going to be huge. It's going to be, it's going to be nuts. And the, no COVID restrictions or anything. I mean, even now, you, you go to like a Laker or a, a Clipper game, nobody's wearing masks. Nobody wears masks anywhere, any, you know, in, at these big sports events. It's going to be crazy. The Rams not with the Rams are going to be the smallest part of it. Everybody's crazy just because it's a Super Bowl. It's L.A. And really, it belongs here. Dan. It started here. I, I say the Super Bowl, welcome home. It should be here. It should be here every year. It's a perfect spot for it. As far as the trade for Matthew Stafford, can you can you give a final grade on that trade, or do you have to let this play out a little bit longer? Jared Goff got him to a Super Bowl, Dan. He didn't win. <laughs> Matthew Stafford, I'm telling you, I know it sounds like we're being tough on these guys, but they welcome that. They welcome that. Uh, you know the, the the pressure. They they've got no Matthew Stafford. It's, it's unwritten yet. If he if he blows it against the Bengals, they've got to beat the Bengals. The Chiefs might have been a little different. They've got to beat the Bengals. And Matthew Stafford has to have a good game. And then I think the whole thing on him is, is rewritten. But if not, then again, Jared Goff got him this far too. So that's I think the trade is still – I think you still have to hold your breath on that because that's – again, Goff got him to the, to, the, to the big game too. Odell more likely to stay if they win or if they lose? Well, that's it. I – I think if they lose, he's out of here. I think I think he's I think he's really happy, and I was wrong. I ripped him for signing Odell. I thought it was a huge mistake. 
I thought he'd be a prima donna. I thought he he would demand the ball. I thought he'd lost this this step. I was dead wrong on him, man. He's really been unbelievable. He's been the difference in the last. I don't think they did here without him. I know Cooper Cup's the best receiver in football, but Odell clears it. You look at Cooper Cup. Nobody ever guards him. Is is it amazing to you? You watch these games. Nobody's ever covering Cooper Cup. I don't understand that. Maybe I don't know enough about football, but I think Odell Beckham takes a lot of the attention away from him. He's been great here. I think if he wins, I think he stays. I think he does love the Hollywood life and he loves the the spotlight. But he's been really good for this team. And I was really wrong about him. It, it's interesting when you talk about Odell liking the the city and and everything that goes with it. Cooper Cup doesn't feel like that's the city for his personality. No, absolutely not. He's so straight and narrow and so you know understated. He's like some mountain man. It's weird. He looks Amish, and he, <laughs> he, he, he seems he seems very reticent. I mean, he's very he's a know, reluctant he's, star. He he, he he absolutely is, and that's what makes him so great. But still, how come nobody guards him? How come nobody's ever covering him? How come he's always open? I just don't care for it. But yes, he's very. After the game, you see Cooper Company be so excited. He's done such great things. You see Cooper had that great. You know, 88, 70-yard touchdown pass field. It felt okay. It was, it was, it was a great quarterback. He's, he's really boring. But it goes back to, and I, and I don't like making a white wide receiver reference to Cooper Cup, but Steve Largent was such a precise route runner. And you would watch and you go, how is that guy open all the time? And I think route running is probably – maybe a lost art because we just feel like it's just, you get out there and you just go, you're athletic five wide. Let's go. And Cooper cup is you provide good athleticism and route running great hands size. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing. combination. Sean McVay says a lot of things that I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> I don't understand half of what he says, but, but he does say that Cooper cup works. He says exactly what you said that he runs exactly precise routes. It's, it's geometry is why he's open. It's that he keeps, he works the edges, he works the angles, he walks the fine line, he does it exactly the perfect way. And that's what, and that's exactly what Shamave explains it. I still don't understand it. Double team him, triple team him. Why, why is he even getting, why is he not on the ground every time? It's, it's just amazing to me. You like Sean McVay? Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's, he's so energetic and he's so willing whether it's real or not, to fall on a sword. You say, Sean, that was a terrible call. Yeah, I know it's a terrible call. It's my fault. I lost the game. Every game, he says, I lost the game. He, who else admits moments after the Super Bowl that he got out coached? Everyone knew Belichick out coached him, and he admitted it. Yeah. And he said he was numb. Yeah, yeah, I love the guy. His, his energy is great for the town, but he's got to win too. He's this boy genius, but he's had game management difficulties. Some play calling questionable things. Had the tough breakup with golf. He's got. To, he's like Stafford. He's got to win. Winning in two weeks too. Did he fall on his sword with the Jared Goff situation? Because I. I don't know if I heard him. No, no, not not entirely. We kind of polished the sword for him. <laughs> I thought they handled that terribly. I thought they yeah. really. Jared Goff was takes took such accountability and was such a stand up guy, and they just threw him under the bus repeatedly. I thought that they handled that poor, very poorly. And they've never really acknowledged that. And that's, and then, so that's part of part of his, his past. And again, McVay, McVay's got to win a championship. Oh, good stuff, Bill. Thanks as always. We appreciate your time.
Thanks. This is great. See you. That's Bill Plaschke, LA Times columnist around the horn contributor. Yeah. Sean McVay, you you know, when after that Super Bowl, he did admit he was like, I got out coach. I think he was in awe of Bill Belichick. It was just weird. Like I'm on the same stage with Bill Belichick. And then, you know, Belichick is not there to acknowledge you, endorse you, anything. I'm, I'm here to win. Couldn't care less. Bill might not even known who the coach was on the other side the way he is. Uh, I don't know what his name is. Yeah, Paul. You, yeah, you with the nice hair. Huh? Yeah. Hey, do you think, like, it'd be great to do, like, a funnier die with Cooper Cup. Put him, put him in a T-shirt, jeans, and a baseball hat. Have him at a gas station and just see if people recognize him. What, he's probably, what, 6'1", 190 pounds? Very normal-looking guy. Yeah. If he was walking down by I Venice, don't even think you got to put a baseball hat on him. You could put his jersey you could put on him. <laughs> put him in his uniform. He's a guy with eye black. He just doesn't he, – he, he plays – it's weird. You play a position like that where we expect you to bring it, be, it, be about yourself, bring the attention to yourself, and he doesn't. He'll just make a catch, and, and that's it. Uh, it seems like he's a little taller. Yeah. Than, I mean, yeah, he's a physical receiver. We always try to make uh, white wide receivers shorter, like Edelman. Oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a habit. The first time I saw Edelman a person, he, he's a small person. Like, Edelman's not even – he can't be even 5'11". But he's solid. Oh, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't mess with him. No, he's, he's, a, he's a solid little receiver. Like, Amendola feels a little bit uh, less – Sturdy. Did we accidentally work in two yeah, white wide receivers and, when we talking about Welker. Cooper Cup? Yeah. Yes. You yes. had Steve Largent, at least. That was original. Yeah. Yes, Marvin. All those guys are scrappy. Oh, they Just are. know yeah. that. Yeah. The, you, you're not allowed to say that. We can say that. All those guys are scrappy. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> They're probably coaches' sons, you know. We, we have these code words for uh, white wide receivers. He's gritty. Possession guy, scrappy. <laughs> First one to arrive, last one to leave. <laughs> oh, that's a great one, Dan. <laughs> I always love that. Because you you don't even have to know who somebody's talking about, but when they say, oh, he's got a high high IQ, he got a really high IQ, high motor. Like, no, no uh, black players have a high motor. Right? Apparently not. White guys, we got high motors because we have to. That's that's the way we 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 play. You got to have a high motor. Yeah, Paul. And he can't be fast. He's got to be faster than I expected. Deceptively, deceptively fast. Deceptively more quick than fast. Mm. <laughs> but no quick twitch. Doesn't have any quick twitch. But you watch Cooper Cup, and and I I still go back to Jerry Rice from. Jerry ran a four six forty, but Jerry never seemed like you could catch him. Um, he had an, a, a, a grace to him. Lance uh, Lance Allworth was one of my favorite wide receivers. Bambi. He had this grace about him. Like there's certain wide receivers that you know they run with power, or you know everything about them. It feels like it's Odell Beckham had that grace to him when he you know first came into the league. That ability to just make it look effortless. But if you're looking at Odell Beckham's career recovery. It's been pretty incredible. I mean, the Browns got to be watching this. Giants watching this. I couldn't help but think of the Packers because the Packers could have signed him. And if you could get him for that amount of money or make it incentive-driven, I, I, 
I, I don't know. I, I thought that Rodgers would push more for it. But if you look back, what, two and a half months, three months ago in October, and this was a mess. And I didn't think that he was the right player for Baker Mayfield, uh, in large part because it felt like he could say to Baker, hey, I'm open all the time. And Baker, probably wanting to be his friend and develop that relationship, sort of acquiesced to him. And people remember that first game without Odell Beckham, and we're like, okay, yeah, Baker doesn't need OBJ. And then you're like, no, Baker probably needs OBJ. But having a established quarterback, I think, helps immensely because OBJ and and you know you're not the number one receiver on your team. Like you know it, you see it. It's not one of those. Hey, I'm just as good as he is. And he probably thought I'm just as good as Jarvis Landry in Cleveland. He knows it's Cooper Cup then what do you need me to do? And he's done that. To his credit, he's done that. Not the biggest fan, but, you know, when he plays and plays at a high level, that's elite stuff. All right, last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow, back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last call for phone calls. What we learned, final results of the poll question, this day in sports history. No school on Super Bowl Monday, Cincinnati Public Schools taking the day off. Now, I like it because either way, you know, you're either going to be excited, celebrating, or you're going to be devastated and you don't want to go to school. Either way, I understand it. But um, I guess they put out, was this a, a tweet that they put out, Paul? Yes, from the uh, Cincinnati Public Schools uh, official Twitter. I guess there was a grammatical error. Oh. Is that right? The well, Yeah. In honor of the Bengals' first Super Bowl appearance since 1988, but then they had the, the apostrophe on Bengals. Was that the uh, problem here? It's supposed to go after the S, and they had it before the S. Oh. Bengals is already plural or pluralated. Oh, okay. This is kind of McLovin's wheelhouse here. Yeah, that'll give you an idea that I didn't realize that it was wrong. And you're a Cincinnati public school kid, right? (laughs) Yes, I am. Any chance they posted that to test the children to see if you noticed the grammatical error? (laughs) I don't know. It feels like you should go to school on Monday if you're not aware of that. Yeah, Pauline. Is Cincinnati Eastern time zone? Yeah. And so the Super Bowl goes to, you know, that's pretty cool for like, Six, seven, eight-year-old kids can stay up to the end of the game. Several other tri-state superintendents have heard the cries as well. Uh, let's see. Including uh, Mason City School Superintendent Jonathan Cooper. That's where I went. Uh, I went to school. Responded to a few requests for Super Bowl Monday off. I guess there's schools in Kentucky that are asking for this. Uh, they want to make sure that... It, uh, it could be the Super Bowl flu, but 
That's what's happening in Cincinnati. Win or lose. Yeah, Paul. If I'm the superintendent of the Cleveland School District, I have school on Sunday. <laughs> like We're, we're going to be in school on that night, day. Night school. Night school. We don't yeah. want to watch the game. Uh, a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Rob in Key West, Florida. Hi, Rob. What's on your mind? Hey, bud. Hey. Um, the uh, 49ers, I'm a fan. Hey. And uh, as Harbaugh, here's the great thing. It's a wonderful ride. But after he leaves, the hangover's off. Okay. It, and as a Marvin, I called because I saw Marvin there sporting the colors. So that's my comment today about Jim Harbaugh. All right. You want him as your coach, but afterwards, oh, it's awful. All right. Well, thank you, Rob. Yeah, and he had problems with Trent Balky, but then he's not the only coach who's had problems with Trent, who's now with Jacksonville. Uh, Sumo in Missouri. Hey, the the reason the Bengals won the game is because Andy Reid didn't have a plan. There was no plan for if they started coming back, if they made adjustments, if anything happened. The whole Bengals team, offense and defense, were just as cool as Joe Burrow. But you look on the other side, uh, Tyron Matthew, when they started catching up, he's throwing, he's he's yelling at his guys on defense. They were not as cool. And certainly Patrick Mahomes wasn't as cool. So that, but having a plan in your back pocket, knowing you can make the adjustment, makes everybody feel better. Yeah, um, I, I'm just shocked that Andy Reid didn't have a counterpunch. Like, slow the game down, run the ball, run the clock, and you could you could sense that the Bengals were gaining confidence. It almost felt like every drive or every other drive that they were gaining confidence, and then that defense was going, oh, okay. Got a spy, seven defensive backs, three guys rushing, and because when you're watching, you're going, God, you can't give Mahomes that much time. Well, apparently he can, because I think he was confused. It, it wasn't that he had all the time. It was just he was confused in having all that time. KC in L.A. Hey, Case, what's on your mind today? Yo, what's crackalacking, DP? Hey, bud. You know, it was interesting on that game that the actual uh, the Kansas City Chiefs actually outran the Bengals 139 to 116, but it was at the wrong time of the game that they did that. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about Cooper Cup. You know, I'm going to tell you, you have Plasky on. Great to, Plasky's old school. Great to hear Plasky. But Cooper Cup just runs the absolute most precision routes maybe I've ever seen. He has no wasted movement. He inside, he is point to the football. That's why he's open, because he's not really that open. But the difference between Goff and and, and Matthew Stafford is Stafford puts that ball where Cup can catch it, and that's why he gets the yak. Goff's balls were sometimes a little behind, a little late. You still make the catch, but you don't get all the extra yards. In my opinion, Cooper Cup, could be the MVP of the entire league with what he's done. They should forget the postseason, but regular season. Uh, and the Rams do have to win this game, and they have to finish because they've had a problem finishing uh, during McVay's run, so they got to finish this off. It's unacceptable if they lose to the Bengals. All right. Thank you, Casey. Don't fall into this trap like Kansas City did. These aren't the same old Bengals. I just don't. You can't get to this point and underestimate somebody. And I'm not saying that Sean McVay or Matthew Stafford's going to, but I would go the opposite. Like, take him seriously. That's all. Because if not, then you're going to look up and go, wait, they're still in the game or they're leading. 
and then all of a sudden momentum has changed. But I, I would imagine that Sean McVay is going to say and repeat over and over, guys, do not take them lightly. Yeah, Paul. I, I just saw this uh, with Tom Brady retiring today. His last touchdown pass was to Mike Evans. I think they cut the game uh, against the Rams. Guess where that ball is from Tom Brady's final career touchdown pass? In somebody's hands. That's right. Fan. Mike Evans threw it in the stadium. Yes. He did that, didn't he, almost? Uh, the record-breaking. Yes. And, and they had to tell him, no, no, don't, don't throw it into the stands. Also, when he, uh, the last touchdown they scored was the handoff to Fournette. Fournette threw that ball into the stands <laughs> as well. Yeah. I wonder what that, boy, that football is going to be worth a little bit, a little bit of coin. I don't know if it's Bitcoin, maybe Bitcoin. Did you see where somebody, you're going to be able to buy or bid on Antonio Brown's glove that he threw into the stands at the Jets game? Why would someone want that? They're auctioning off the glove during his MetLife tantrum. I don't know. People bid on Michael Jackson's one glove. They're actually comparing those two things. <laughs> I'm just saying they were both meaningless gloves. Michael Jackson's glove. <laughs> uh, let's go around the room. Final results of the poll question. Who is the best available Ooh. head coaching candidate? Brian Flores, 34%. Jim Harbour, 21. Eric Bieniemy, 20. And then Byron Leftwich, 14%. This day in sports history, Paulie. Dan, just when you think we have enough Tom Brady coverage, in 2015, Tom Brady set the Super Bowl record with 37 completions. He also increased his career Super Bowl touchdown record to 13 passes. And he's added a lot more since then. 1995, John Stockton, the Jazz, became the NBA's all-time career assist leader with 9922 assists. By the way, you know what happened on this date? 2004, war, uh, wardrobe malfunction. Oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Halftime show. I remember we, were, we had to slow down the, the uh, video. So I was at the ESPN compound. And uh, somebody's like, uh, Justin Timberlake just ripped off uh, Janet Jackson's top. And I go, his top? <laughs> and, and then they had to slow it down frame by frame. We were like Zapruder film here. Uh, what, did you, what did you learn today, Todd? Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. No. You thought hipster-looking Nick Wright lived in Brooklyn, not Manhattan. Paulie, what did you learn? Oh, you helped with the Janet Jackson edit there, editing guy. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the wireless outdoor camera from Simply Safe. Sign up at Simply Safe, a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring at simplysafedan.com. Thanks for the phone calls. Talk to you tomorrow. One more item as we close out the show. New Year's resolution still intact? Well, if it's not, here's one for you. Quality sleep, more important than ever as we balance life and health in 2022. It's essential for boosting energy, recovery, well-being. Also, I would start with the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed because you will get almost 100 hours more proven quality sleep per year. Sleep Number folks also have some tips for you. Don't skip meals. Have a great breakfast. That'll set your mood and energy for the day. 
Watch your sugar intake from energy drinks. Eat foods that contribute to good sleep. Banana, little turkey, uh, even cherry juice. They've thought of everything. Avoid heavy, greasy, spicy meals three hours before bedtime. Sleep number, the ultimate sleep number event. You can save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed, plus special financing for a limited time. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com, Patrick, for details. 